Hey, this is Mike and Tom from Ballpark Bros. You're listening to another great show on the Four Eyed Radio. Check us all out on FourEyedRadio.com. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. 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 Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Wallop and Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Derek. And I'm Doug. And is your spider sense tingling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah! To listen to this show, you can find us on foureyedradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustrations and designs that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. Are we ready to talk about Mr. Dr. Octavius, Doug? I've never been more ready for anything in my whole Seriously. entire life. Yes. Well, we can't yet because we have a Corrections Corner. Uh, okay. <laughs> so Corrections Corner, in our last episode where we were talking about the Spider Slayers, we incorrectly named the black-suited Spider-Woman in the I- Iron Man cartoon, who was also voiced by Jennifer Hale, I believe. Uh, we incorrectly named her as Jessica Drew, who Oops. was the first Spider-Woman and the one most people know, I think. But she is actually Julia Carpenter, the second Spider-Woman. And she's also the only one to wear the iconic black costume. So we <laughs> Which off. is how that came up in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So, and also, she was like a major character in the Iron Man show. Apparently, I looked it up just out of curiosity. Yeah. So it's crazy that like neither of us remembered that she was even really in there. Whoops. <laughs> Clearly, you and I were big, huge fanatics of the Iron Man cartoon. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. And if anyone who's listening had sent us in a correction, which I feel like probably someone will, because that was kind of a big one. Um, yeah. We're recording this episode in advance, so thank you if you did that. I don't know if anybody did, but if you did, thank you for doing that. Um, we're actually recording this on Valentine's Day, which is why we're talking yeah. about Doc Ock. Why we're talking about Doc Ock, our favorite. <laughs> of <Valentine>. course. <laughs> Times out perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as you said, we are actually talking about the fourth episode of Spider-Man, the animated series episode called Dr. Octopus Armed and Dangerous. Uh, uh, get it? Yeah, get it? Yeah, 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 yeah. You couldn't tell already we're talking about Doc Ock. I'm not sure if anybody's caught that. Did you know that today we're talking about Doc Ock? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. nice. Oh, yeah. cool. That's exciting. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm so excited. I, like, can't contain my excitement. I'm, like, trying to contain my excitement for when it's, like, the most appropriate time to talk about Dr. Octopus, but this whole episode's about Dr. Octopus, and I'm just pumped. It really is. It's, like, about him, like, 100%. It's it's a really... It's it's an interesting introduction to him, because there's not, like, any, any like, side material to it. It is 100% just all Doc Ock all the time, which is, so far, at this point in the show kind of different from what we dealt with because the first episode had to kind of introduce peter's world and everything Mm -hmm. while also doing with the lizard the spider slayer stuff it was i mean they're not really real (laughs) villains anyway so it's lots of people in their orbit this is the first time where we have one single villain everything is like 100 percent attached to it's like it's like multi-arm like a multi-arm multi-faceted story I tried to make a, I tried uh, to make a pun out of that. I don't think that really worked, but you know, <laughs> I caught it. Cool, cool. That way, really reached really far to make that happen. So, uh, just like a, a mechanical tentacle. Ooh, might. Uh, that one was unintentional. 
<laughs> oh, I hope you guys are excited. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess so that we can dive in fully. This is the synopsis for this upcoming episode per IMDb and probably also Amazon, which is one of the places you can can watch this. Dr. Otto Octavius, one of Peter's childhood teachers, gets revenge on the Hardy family for cutting off the funding for his research by kidnapping Mrs. Hardy's daughter, Felicia. It's really funny that that's how they... <laughs> describe felicia who's already been introduced in the show <laughs> yeah i was just gonna say that it's like mrs hardy like the character that we've never met that really doesn't play much of any role in the story at all yep okay. but all right. that's hey you know the synopsis nails it i guess <laughs> you can watch this on amazon prime like we are doing it looks like you can also purchase it on itunes and this is one of the episodes that made it onto sort of like a collection DVD of uh, animated series episodes called Spider-Man versus Doc Ock, which I feel like I've seen like at Target maybe or Walmart. Yeah, yeah it I came out. It came out around like, I don't know, maybe 2003, 2004 or something like that. Yeah. Um, and it was everywhere. I think they're not really worth it for the price you pay. They're <laughs> like, I think on Amazon now it's like 25 bucks and there's Whoa. like four, episodes, four episodes on it. So Whoa. that said, that said, I have the only one that I ever bought was the, the Venom Saga DVD. Um, okay. But, and they do have a couple of like, okay extras on it. I mean, as opposed to having zero extras for a $25 DVD. Yeah. But, um, and most of them are just like Stan Lee, just kind of, <laughs> just kind of rambling for a little bit, but like <laughs> in a good way. Cause it's yeah. fun to hear Stan Lee ramble. Um, yeah. and actually you can, you can watch all the extras on YouTube anyway. You don't have to buy the DVD oh, nice. for it. Yeah. I watched, I watched the, the one just out of curiosity that was on this DVD where he's talking about Doc Ock. Um, the majority of it, he's just talking about how he thinks that his nickname is really cool. And that's pretty <laughs> much how the character was created was just specifically to make a doctor that he could call Dr. Octopus. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I am glad that he was so entertained by that idea. Me too. <laughs> Um, this episode originally aired uh, on February 18th in 1995. Um, obviously, 1995. That's when most of these original uh, early episodes are going to be. The story was by Avi Arad and Stan Lee. I am guessing that mm-hmm. that's just because the story is like mildly, relatively close to the comic. So yes. they probably gave him the credit. I'm sure he, like, he wasn't sitting in the writer's room with them at this point. So That's how I'm interpreting this. Yeah, me too. The teleplay, though. So when uh, and this, this is like kind of fun trivia, because I feel like we've mentioned this before in past episodes of story by teleplay by, I don't mm-hmm. know if like everybody who, who doesn't pay attention to TV knows this, but usually when you have a separate story by and teleplay by credit, it usually means that like the story was broken in the writer's room. Um, usually it'll be like the head writers or producers is, is usually how it's broken up. Um, but they'll break the story, have the general idea and then commission either someone else in a write in the writer's room or like a freelance writer to write the script. I'm assuming that the people who wrote this teleplay are freelancers um brooks watchel and cynthia harrison uh, mostly because they they only wrote three episodes of this whole show um and yeah and they wrote both of them together uh, all or all three episodes they wrote they wrote together they actually frequently collaborate um just kind of browsing their imdb a lot of what they do is just kind of sporadic random um just like one episode like one episode on shows so that's why i'm assuming they're probably freelancers Hmm. um some of their credits that are just very interesting such a bizarre list it is they've collaborated on clifford the big red dog and tuttenstein and together they created a history channel reenactment series that's about air-to-air combat in the military about like military planes it's called dog fights so that's how random. does one <laughs> film a reenactment of air-to-air combat i i'm 
And I have a lot of questions about this. I have this. so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All yeah. right. Props yeah. to them, because that sounds like a feat. Seriously, yeah. Especially, like, coming out of animation and then doing that. It's very strange. Yeah. Wow. Um, All right. Yeah. Very weird. And also, Watchel alone, he did individually uh, write for some episodes of X-Men the Animated Series and RoboCop Alpha Commando, which was a cartoon I didn't know existed. <laughs> I also didn't know that existed. <laughs> Those two seem to be a little bit more in the same vicinity as writing for Spider-Man. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Very, very interesting. And I guess also, Ed, we've talked about Avi Arad a lot. He's one of the people credited for writing the story. He, We mentioned him on the first episode. He's a producer on the show everyone who like pays any attention to like marvel movies and any of the spider-man movies would know his name he's a producer on everything spider-man related um but with this show he's uh well known for being very uh heavily involved in pushing the show to be more toyetic to have more toys because he was the ceo of toy biz so um yeah (laughs) that'll do it yep we only really have two characters of note introduced in this episode it's really sort of like a very big character of note and a character of note due to voice talent (laughs) Mm -hmm. so the first of those is uh as we mentioned mrs hardy thanks imdb synopsis (laughs) uh anastasia hardy uh, who is voiced in this episode by Rue McClanahan, which I didn't know until now. Famous for Vivian Harmon. Well, I mean, I knew who she was. I didn't know that fact until now, right. uh, before somebody comes for me. Um, but she's <laughs> famous for uh, Vivian Harmon on Maud, Aunt Fran Crowley on Mama's Family, and certainly Blanche Devereaux on The Golden Girls. <laughs> I have used the gif of her spraying herself with a water bottle more than most any other gif. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we will tweet that gif around when this episode releases. Oh, very good. Yeah. Yep. 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 <laughs> Everything is falling into place. <laughs> yeah. It was all meant to be, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. Valentine's Day, Blanche Devereaux, Doc Ock. This is the episode where all of our listeners realize that we're actually just two weirdos. Yeah. Remember that picture <laughs> of the alien dudes? It's us. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They were like, oh, yeah, they're just like regular dudes talking about Spider-Man up until episode. What is what episode is this? Episode three. And then it's like, oh, OK, well, <laughs> may or may not turn it off. May or may not unsubscribe. It's your call. Whatever. Yeah. You know. We'll still be here. Yep. <laughs> we'll be here when no one else is left. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I guess we should just dive into it. The other major character, in case you haven't guessed it yet, Dr. <laughs> Otto Octavius, Dr. Octopus, voiced by Ephraim Zimbalis Jr. And contrary to how he sounds in the show, he is not German at all, 100% American born, born of Russian immigrants, in fact, so probably like no drop of German in him. <laughs> <laughs> he's a pretty he's a pretty renowned guy he was very famous in live action in the 60s and 70s um he was in a lot of shows back then he has a really massive um uh, like massive imdb but the main things he was famous for was shows uh 77 sunset strip the fbi and maverick among many many other things i have never watched any of those but nope. hey if you're into black and white tv you probably would be into it mm-hmm. he also uh something i did know he voiced alfred pennyworth on batman the animated series and all related uh dc animated universe shows after that mind blown (laughs) vastly different character yep (laughs) um he also played justin hammer in that iron man show that we totally know everything about obviously definitely everything (laughs) 
<laughs> and one of my favorite things, he reprised his role of Doc Ock in the 2000 Spider-Man game that I love. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he's so good in it. I'm glad that he did that. How many yeah. of those voices did return for that game? Or is this um, sort of like a, they just happened to get him? The only one that I remember, yeah, I think the only ones were him. Um, Jennifer Hale comes back as Black Cat. And okay. then Spider-Man is voiced by Rhino Romano, who voiced... Spider-Man Unlimited Spider-Man, which had, like, just come out before the game came out, so... Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, but everybody else, to my memory, it, it's your you're kind of usual, like, video game voice talent. You're, there's a lot of recognizable people, I think, in there. I don't remember any of the names off the top of my head, but some of your typical, like, video game voices. I think, like, D. Bradley Baker and stuff like that. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Alright, so let's just, let's just break it down. The whole history and everything about us and Dr. Octopus... <laughs> Derek, just tell me your Doc Ock origin story. <laughs> I just oh, need to know all the relationship details. Oh man. oh man. It's so it's it's interesting. My relationship with Doc Ock is kind of interesting because I feel like he was always in my orbit as a character. But I would like if I were ever listing my favorite characters, like favorite villains, or like who do I think Spider-Man's like major nemesis is, like I wouldn't necessarily name him, you know? Like I like mm-hmm. Green Goblin a lot as Spider-Man's nemesis. I like the lizard a lot as a villain. But he was always like in my orbit as someone that I liked and I could never really like pin down what that was. Mm-hmm. I it's probably gonna be the same for you, honestly. But Spider-Man 2 for me was was a, <laughs> was a big deal. Alfred Molina Doc Ock is like freaking fantastic. Big fan, honestly. big fan yeah and i like you know he's like walking around like shirtless like it's good it's good and it helps that he's like a really great actor he's very charismatic so yeah i mean i think that's that's when i i sort of realized that like oh i really like this character but even then i had a hard time really pinpointing like what i liked about him Mm -hmm. and and it's taken me a long time and i think really part of it is that there's it's almost kind of like elegance in his simplicity because there's really not a lot to the core of doc ock as a character yes um yeah and i think that's what makes him so successful and why why so many like different adaptations and iterations of them still seem to work and still feel like doc ock even when they will do wildly different things with him yes um, he's not yeah. he and she and all versions they're just not that deep like they're not that complicated like it's very straightforward it's yeah. i don't know there's there's it's so hard to go wrong when it's so straightforward exactly <sighs> yeah yeah i mean you know if you compare him to you know like you compare him to green goblin right mm-hmm. and who i think is green Go- like the the concept of green goblin is really great and the things that they've done with that character and the concept is really great but green goblin only works because okay you've got he's either harry osborne or norman osborne it's you've got the relationship with peter parker mm-hmm. you've got like his like sanity is sometimes a question like maybe he's a split personality maybe norman and or harry are both just like actively insane maybe they're always like that there's and and all of those things are almost kind of fundamental to that character to the point that you know you can there there are a lot of like different interpretations of him that don't often feel like a good solid green goblin mm-hmm. because because if it's missing one of those pieces it doesn't really feel like him whereas doc ock it's like got metal arms kind of got an ego and like science that's literally all you need yeah he's Different. a scientist <laughs> with four metal arms and he can control those arms and if you tweak other elements of his character he's still doc ock <laughs> right yes Oh, I love Doc Ock. I, uh, I I don't know if I if if you and I have had this conversation. Probably probably after the the um, the uh, well. Here, here's what I'm going to say right now. Just 
massive spoiler alert for lots of things spider-man related i'm not even going to clarify what if you're just super spoiler phobic about anything spider-man you haven't consumed large massive spider-man titles that have happened in the past like year or two just any of them maybe like i don't know skip ahead or something (laughs) i'm gonna speak freely about some dr octopus action anyway yeah so after um you've been warned so after the spider-man ps4 game came out i think you and i had a conversation about this i could be totally fabricating this but i liked dr octopus as a kid i just thought it was so cool i don't know what it was other than just like a coolness factor of this guy who had these like metal tentacles that seemed just i don't know they posed such a threat for really no reason other than like it was just unwieldy right like even spider-man who's fast and agile and has webs and stuff like still has to contend with four of these metal arms (laughs) And for whatever reason, I was like, that's cool. And uh, I remember in just elementary school and middle school, like pre-2000 whatever, I remember doodling in so many notebooks on so many things, just like metal tentacles everywhere. Um, (laughs) Just because I thought it was so cool. I would pick, like, I had friends with Spider-Man comics and the ones that I thought the artwork was the coolest for was ones that were just like obnoxiously complicated doc Ock tentacle art i don't know why like there's just something <laughs> cool about the mechanical arms so i i for whatever reason was just like fascinated with these like metal mechanical arms then yeah. spider-man 2 came out and i was like oh my gosh you made the arms cooler and it was sort of my first version of doc Ock. the sort of like <sighs> everyman-ish, right? Like, Doc Ock isn't an everyman in that he's, like, a genius. But one thing that I I really like about many versions of Doc Ock or Otto Octavius is that he doesn't fit, like, superhero, supervillain mold as far as, like, ripped, chiseled, like, super intimidating as a human. Like, so many versions of him, he's just sort of like, I ate another bag of potato chips and didn't sleep last night scientist you know what i mean like yeah and i love that so much because he still ends up being such a badass because he has these terrifying tentacles and that's alfred merlina merlina alfred molina (laughs) sort of was like the first uh version of that because as you'll see in this episode we're about to discuss doc ock is like he's got like muscles and like chiseled jaw and stuff and you're just sort of like okay you fit the same mold that everybody else does in this but doc ock so frequently doesn't you know so in the spider-man so okay i'm getting like way off track but the uh spider-man 2 Doc Ock came out and I was like, okay, I already liked Doc Ock, but now you are my favorite villain. Just like favorite (laughs) villain ever. And the Mm. tentacles were like terrifying even more. And they had like a mind of their own or whatever. Okay. So then for, from, from then until Spider-Man PS4 game, favorite villain, like just hands down, just is like one of my favorite villains ever in nearly all iterations. And then the game came out, and I was like, I didn't think I could love Doc Ock even more, but I love Doc Ock even more. (laughs) Because that version of Doc Ock in the PS4 game is just like Doc Ock perfection. Like, in my mind. Like, design-wise, story-wise, relationship to Peter-wise, making him a sympathetic character. Like, just everything is so perfect. 
Yeah, it really it, dis- it distilled everything that every other iteration of Doc Ock has done, like maybe separately and maybe yes. maybe not often as well. But it distilled all of them into this one character that was just like exactly what you want from Doc Ock. Yes. Doc Ock is one of those villains that like I, I appreciate so much because good versions of Doc Ock always give me complicated feelings. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. even though he's straightforward, like the thing that makes Doc Ock always Doc Ock is the tentacles and the science. But really good versions of Doc Ock make me, like, fall in love with Doc Ock, but also be like, but you're bad! You're doing bad things! But you weren't always bad, and I get it. But stop (laughs) killing people! Like, and I just have this, like, massive back and forth constantly, and I'm just like, oh, this is a good Doc Ock. And that was the Spider-Man PS4 Doc Ock, was just like... Ugh, the whole time I was just like, oh no, like I see everything that's about to happen and I'm going to feel so bad, but I have to stop you and I hate everything and why is this happening to me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ugh, no, I love that... Doc Ock. I have yeah. so many Doc Ock crushes, just like a million Doc Ocks and a million crushes. <laughs> I just want, I want to hug all the tentacles of Doc Ock. <laughs> oh, oh, that probably would be dangerous, but I totally Very understand. dangerous. <laughs> totally understand. <laughs> I totally sympathize. <laughs> uh, it just I don't know what it is. Like, he just wants to make the world better, but he can't because his tentacles make him, like, a social outcast. And he's also, like, a little bit crazy a lot. <laughs> yeah. A little <sighs> bit a lot. It's yeah. just so great. But he's not, like, maniacal. That's the thing. Yeah, he's not really... I mean, I guess that I'm sure, like, I think some iterations versions. have played it up a little more than that yeah but but generally he's not and even if he is it's usually for like a very direct reason it's not he's typically not generally i want to take over the world it's just like i want specific revenge on this person or i want to do my specific scientific experiment prove to the world i'm great even if that experiment like destroys everything it's for the science it's not for you know it's not it's not just because i'm evil yeah and, and he's also not really broody either at all like he doesn't yeah like he doesn't really you know he's there's been versions of him where he's sad like oh i'm sad my wife died or i'm sad mm-hmm. that i you know i'm sad about my past or whatever but like he's never laments his arms like maybe like the first he there's about usually like a 30 second period after they first fuse with them and he's like oh god my life's like different now right he's like actually no this is kind of awesome and then that's that's it (laughs) yeah that spider-man ps4 game i played the story game over again i played it on new game plus actually and it's i knew when i was playing it obviously that oh he's going to become doc ock and i knew that they were like pretty clearly pointing towards that playing it Mm -hmm. the first time but playing it the second time it's so brilliant how like almost deliberately in your face it is with like yes this is going to happen there is nothing you can do to stop it you are seeing all the signs and you are absolutely playing in to helping him become this bad guy that you do not want him to become you're doing all of it and you can't stop it because that's the only thing you can do it's not even that you can't stop it it's that you have to help it yeah or turn the game off exactly like you cannot progress in the game without actively aiding right <laughs> that it's so brilliant like i need to meet somebody who played that game but has no background information on peter parker and Otto octavius yeah because the way I've described it to a lot of people, that game specifically, is anybody could pick it up and play it and understand everything that's going on. Yep. But if you have background, you see everything before it happens, and there's a tension and a dread that comes with it that you might not have otherwise. 
Absolutely. And that's so perfect. And it's most encapsulated, I think, with, with the Doc Ock scenario. Yeah. Well, and it helps a lot, too, because the, the game it, the game is very clearly very intentional with that. And it, it ends up helping you connect with Peter a lot, too, I think, because, mm-hmm. like, that's that's so so uh, a kind of fundamental part of Peter Parker as a character is, like, having this immense guilt about everything that ever happens. And yeah. you're essentially, like, in his shoes. And by the time yeah, you're an active part because it's a game exactly you're not just witnessing you can't like sit back and be like oh peter you're being such an idiot right now like why don't you see this you're like no you're you're doing it <laughs> right and then once and then you know once once like it all hits the fan there's uh... there are conversation there are conversations that peter has with mary jane or that he talks about where like there are questions of like should i have seen this all along like was he always a bad guy and i just missed it and like you as the player are feeling that too because you obviously saw all the signs but you did it anyway you know <laughs> Can I just say, like, you know how I'm sure you you know people who finished that game and were like, wow, I cried at the end because there's something at the end that's like super cry worthy. Mm-hmm. I cried at the end, but I also cried before the end because Doc Ock. <laughs> yeah, no, I and feel I was yeah. just like, oh, I'm so sad. <laughs> it's so like high emotion the whole time uh, that the whole like final boss battle and that first cut scene right after it. It's just oh, my it's gosh. So it's so beautifully crafted. It's like I, I like refer to that as like my second favorite Spider-Man man movie of all time and i always fair. <laughs> super fair yeah well, I'm, i feel like it's a that's almost like kind of that sounds like maybe it's kind of unfair to like video games because video games as a medium are are obviously different and are doing things different my counter to that is that it is a great video game the game mechanics are fantastic but you can pull the narrative out of it separately and just have the narrative that it is like without it being a game and it's still one of the best spider-man stories that have ever existed so yes i had a friend who used to watch me play play certain games and they would never play the game they would never want to take over and and try the game they just simply were like next time you play that let me know because i want to see what happens next (laughs) this spider-man game is that kind of game absolutely where you don't have to necessarily be a part of it to fully understand it but but i mean having having a part in it is is really what maximizes it yeah but Oh man, the the Peter Doc Ock thing is actually just so good. Like when they do Peter and Doc Ock stuff well, like when they really focus on that relationship, the like Spider Man Two does, and like Spider Man PS Four does really really well. Mm-hmm. It's just I don't know. There's something about it where you're just like, oh, mentor. Yeah. It's like a mentor thing. <laughs> well, and it's funny too because that's not uncommon in Spider-Man either. He has lots and yeah. lots and lots and lots of father figures. He has a wealth of father figures. But I think yeah, which <laughs> is really interesting considering a huge part of his character is like n- also not having a father figure. Like yeah. it's that's I've never thought of that before. Well, to be fair, they all either die or become bad guys. So I mean, he's still mm-hmm. has yeah, a lack of yeah. them. But <laughs> there is something very specific with with Doc Ock and. I want to try to like get to the core of that because I don't really know what it is exactly that makes him different. I guess it's because he isn't really a father figure, I guess. He kind of is, but I feel like he usually leans a little more on the mentor end. And it's a really fine line between mentor and father figure and they cross a lot. But I feel like there's a, a different kind of relationship that you have with someone that is like really your actual hero and someone that you're yes. aspiring to be rather than just being someone that you like look up to in general. Do you know what I mean? I think that's very much it. I think it's very much the this is somebody that was my hero and I just learned something 
awful about them and i don't know how to cope with that oh that's so relevant you know? to, to like, now <laughs> oh it really really is like I'll, I'll i one of my heroes like just heroes and i this is something i will always have complicated feelings about somebody that i've just admired for so long and just like aspired to embody certain characteristics of is john lassiter of pixar oh, yeah. so when the stuff came out about just how he treated people i was like oh my gosh, like, I don't know what to do with everything I'm feeling right now. Mm -hmm. And those types of moments, I think, are what is encompassed by the Peter's mentor storylines that are done really well. Yeah. You know, with Doc Ock, where it's like, you were my hero, and, like, I can't just turn on you entirely, but I also have to do something, you know? Like, our relationship will never be the same, but I can't just fully let it go. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah, oh, that's so, oh my god, I never thought of it that way, but that's so true. It's, I don't know, it's like, it's like, uh, it's, it's like similar to finding out like your favorite teacher in high school is like actually a huge a-hole. Yeah. Like, we were like, why didn't I ever see that you were an a-hole? Like, why didn't I know that? Yeah, because you end up sort of questioning, questioning your own, like, your yeah. own self and your own, like, do I just judge people wrong? You know, is my, is my entire perspective of humanity like wrong or off if I didn't miss this, you know? yeah oh man oh that's so oh that's so deep <laughs> and it's all because he had four metal arms fused to his spine <laughs> oh my God. really what it comes down to is metal tentacles everyone pretty much well i mean to be fair you, we just talked about this mentor stuff but that's not necessary to make him a great villain like he didn't right have it that. really isn't he didn't have that that wasn't part of the story when he initially debuted back in the 60s and he's still like totally badass at the time yeah spider it's barely a part of this story like they connect them but it's really not that big in this episode yeah there's a different we'll talk about it when we get like in the episode itself like, yeah more deep but it is it is interesting like the angle that they take because it's a it is a lot less of like a betrayal for peter but it mm-hmm. is interesting how they play the connection that they have and how they kind of parallel each other as people that is interesting. What I was going to say, too, is that, like, uh, uh, like Spider-Verse has a really great Doc Ock that is not really sympathetic at all, but she's yeah. so fun and still feels like Doc Ock. She's a scientist, has uh, yeah. metal tentacles, and has, has, like, kind of a crazy big ego, too. So it all works. Yeah, Into the Spider-Verse does a really interesting Doc Ock, and I think, I think bringing up her is the best example of... You can change really, really common elements of Doc Ock and keep the essentials, and it's still Doc Ock. Like, she's still scary. Like, she's still, <laughs> like, a really intimidating character, even though you don't realize it right away. You know, it's it's because she has these terrifying tentacles, because she's obsessed with science, because she's a genius, and you're like, that's such a dangerous combo. Mm-hmm. Even though everything else is different, <laughs> you know? Yep. Yeah. It's so interesting. <laughs> I should also throw out a caveat too, is that I know neither of us have seen, well, have you seen much, have you seen Ultimate Spider-Man? Like any, any of it? Uh, like the cartoon? The, car- the cartoon. Yeah. Did you watch that? I don't remember. No. No. Okay. Is that, okay. Here, is that the Doc Ock with like, which, which, which Doc Ock is that? Okay. Animated? I, so that's the thing. I, I know that there are vastly different versions of Doc Ock in the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon and the current one that's on now. Apparently they do some different stuff with them. Which is the one with the vest <laughs> and the bow tie or whatever. I, that I need. I can't wait to watch that Wait, one. Wait, the vest in the boat. Are you talking about spectacular? Is that, 
Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, I just, yeah. I needed to, like, sort things out. <laughs> Spectacular Spider-Man is a great Doc Ock. I'm really excited for you to see him in that. I'm really I excited. I love him in that. Um, I've never seen his civilian clothes, and I'm just so, <laughs> so excited. Like, a whole new Doc Ock for me to be obsessed with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I know. I know exactly what episode you're talking about now, too. Oh, my God, I'm so excited for you to, for, for you to finally watch that show. Ugh. Okay, so Ultimate is, like, the, is Ultimate sort of, like, the dirty, gross-looking I one? Think, I think so, yeah. And, but I think there's, like, I think they do, like, multiple things with them in that. I don't know. I'm only bringing this up because those look, like, very – that one and the current one, the 2017 one that's on now. Mm-hmm. But I think they both are very, very different Doc Ocks. So that might completely, like, disprove everything we're saying. They might We might hate them. I'm <laughs> going to hope that that will also support our point that you can, like, change them and make them very, very vastly different. And they'll still feel like Doc Ock can work. I don't know. We'll find yeah. out when we finally watch either of those. But that's just – I wanted to throw that out there because I felt like people <laughs> who know those shows might yeah. have something to say about them. So, Well, the, hey, that'll be fun to get to then, especially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it feels very much like um, – I don't remember which Batman it is. Maybe it's The Batman. Do you, remember, do you know the cartoon The Batman? Yeah, the one that was kind of anime-inspired. Yeah, is that the one that has the Joker with the, like, long sleeves and the long hair and stuff? Yeah! And initially everyone was like, what in the world is this? But didn't... I I think it ended up being good and i think that actor whoever did it might have like gotten an emmy or, or writers might have like i feel that could be totally wrong but i feel like it's it's similar where we saw like design and everyone was like what the hell mm-hmm. and then i think it ended up working so it will be interesting to see if if those two are similar <laughs> yeah I'm, i am i'm always interested I've, I've definitely warmed up a lot to like wildly different takes on things as long as it's sort of like done with the good reason and not just to be different you know yeah um so yeah i'm I, I'm very excited to kind of see how how those things play out when we when we get to them. All right. Well, we do have an episode we watched. <laughs> this is believe why, it or not. This is why we only we're only doing this one episode and not like a couple one. of them. <laughs> we know ourselves well enough. We know. We know. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so again, we're talking about Spider-Man: The Animated Series, Season One, Episode Four: Doctor Octopus Armed and Dangerous. This episode opens again with another uh, another. Uh, intro sequence that's from a later season which again mm-hmm. it's a good opening sequence i feel like it's just like the universe being like oh you didn't like the old one so we'll just give you this forever and you'll never have the authentic <laughs> experience of watching these so fine i get it i shouldn't have complained so much about the first opening sequence this is karma Whatever. thanks derek <sighs> anyway after that <laughs> um yeah so we open this is already interesting uh peter is dressed as spider-man riding a train to Felicia's giant ma- giant mansion to meet her for a date slash just being an ex- escort to a science exhibit as her tutor. So not really a date, but kind of a date a little bit. Yeah, that was a little weird. Yes. Also, question. Last episode ended with Mary Jane, right? Yep. Okay, nope. just I'm just gonna like put that on the table. Everybody, you can do whatever you want with it. And and I should say because we talked about how some of these episodes were out of order. This, yep. f- as far as I can tell, was not actually out of order. This was written to take place. It's where this least this was written to be produced and aired right after the previous episode. So that makes absolutely no sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. 
so uh, Peter does uh, get to her giant mansion. They make a bunch of jokes about how big the mansion is. Like, like uh, it was like, well, when did this place apply for statehood? Because it's so big. Like, <laughs> yeah, the Jets could uh, have a scrimmage in here. <laughs> yeah. And fun fact, uh, the butler that answers the door is voiced by uh, Ephraim um, Zimbalist. Or how oh. his name. And of course, <laughs> he voiced Alfred. So he's playing a butler here. I want to think really that that funny. was, in- I feel like that was intentional. I hope so. <laughs> but yeah, uh, and, 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 and I also, like the the little bit when when peter's like oh because obviously he's intimidated by him being, being rich and he's like oh should i buy a new shirt and which is funny because he wears the same shirt every episode yes that was so good maybe i should have worn a new shirt or <laughs> said like maybe i should have dressed up or at least worn a new shirt this i actually think this this episode right off the bat um is in stark contrast to episode one peter when we were talking about like peter parker's a huge jerk in the first episode yeah this is like we we've been waiting for him to find the right tone and the right sense of humor and like here it is yeah it's perfect this is it yeah and it's like it's the right it's the just the right amount of like self-awareness and the right amount of quips but it's never like mean quips towards people everybody is still like everybody's a lot more toned (laughs) down and actually like nice to each other (laughs) yes yes it's lovely it is it's very lovely um yeah so i also like the bit when he gets there and he like bumps into the vase and then (laughs) tries to clean it up and then kind of accidentally when felicia catches him kind of accidentally uh looks like he's giving her flowers she's like oh that's so nice but then she like immediately puts them in the vase that they came from so does was she just like kind of messing with them and like knew all along that's where they came from i would like to believe that that's what was happening yeah that's that she was making like sort of a dig because she knew he was being clumsy and then just put him right back where they came from. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Felicia's sharp. Yeah. You know? Like she's not, she's not a, she's not dopey. Yeah, that's so, that's true. I think, and I like her, I like her in, I actually, I've liked her all the way, like all through all the episodes she's been in. Like she can be a, like a little bit, like a little like mean and a little bit like stuck up, but she's very, she seems very, uh, very sharp. Yeah. We like jump right into the action in this episode too. Mm-hmm. Like he's there for like maybe thirty seconds before um, a man with four mechanical arms. Ooh, I wonder who that could be. Crashes oh, in. Oh no! <laughs> and he crashes in and kidnaps Felicia like literally right off the bat. Yep. <laughs> yep. And because he's uh, got these four mechanical arms, like screw your security, man. Yeah. Just hops right over that wall, smashes everything. It's great. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we missed the I missed the bit too. I made a note of this when when uh, I like Peter's other quip when um, Felicia talks about her mom buying a new yacht. He's like, "What happened? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did the old one get wet?" <laughs> well, it's funny too because that's like the closest he gets to being a jerk to somebody. But like, she rolls right with, like, she rolls right along. Yeah. So it's almost like she knows how absurdly wealthy she is, and this is clearly like a uh, strong relationship that the, <laughs> the two of them are able to engage in. Yeah. Uh, such a weird thing. But that does actually, again, call to question this sort of like Peter thinks it's a date, but he's her tutor and they're going to, you know, a science exit. Like it's, I don't know. It's very strange. It's all very weird. I'm going to get, yeah, I'm going to guess that Felicia probably was like really playing really coy with him. And he probably yeah. was like, do you want to go out to this thing? And she's like, oh, Parker, do you mean a date? And he's like, uh, and she's like, yes, you can take me as your tutor. And he's like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, I can just see that in my head. <laughs> because he's, he is a little dopey. <laughs> he is a little dopey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i buy that yeah so naturally because this four-armed g- guy crashes in and kidnaps felicia um the fbi show up led by one agent ford 
okay. who is capable of opening his eyes, but doesn't. I hate this so much. I don't. I don't know why I hate it so much, but it bugs me. And I've seen other. I've seen other cartoons in the '90s do this too. When I was doing my the, the gargoyles blog that I had a few years ago, yeah. there's another character in that episode, except it's even worse because he only ha- he has one eye closed and one eye open throughout like the entire episode. But then there's random points why? where he opens both of them. So what are you doing? Why is your eye closed? Why? What is he? At <laughs> least like at least Pokemon like commits to Brock. His eyes will not open. Right. Ever. <laughs> Right. So you're just like, okay, I guess that's what his eyes look like. But that's not the case with Agent Ford. His eyes do open. They just only open like 1% of the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm good. I mean, and I'm guessing this, this is like, I feel like his design from Bob Richardson probably wasn't that. I'm guessing this is like on the animation end. Because that feels like a very Japanese thing, right? Like a lot of anime yeah. has that. But it's just yeah. like, why is it inconsistent? And it seems so random because nobody else in the world know. of this show has that. Yeah, it is very out of place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that's why he's one of two faces of the episode for this episode. So, Yo, for sure. The moment I saw it, I was like, that's it right there. <laughs> the other, oh. And that's not the only weird eye thing either. There's a lot of points of the, this episode where, um, like, the whites of their eyes aren't there. The, what do you, it's, it's uh, Peter, Sclera, Sclera, is that what it's called, right? That's what they're called? Yes. Yeah. Peter Parker, in this episode, for some reason, suffers very frequently from, like, the Fred of Scooby-Doo situation where, like, Fred just doesn't have whites in his eyes. That just happens multiple times to Peter in this episode. And it's one of those things where, like, I kind of, I can can get it, I guess. Like, if that was a (laughs) thing that happened, if that was just common in this show, like, if they were just quick shots or like in the background they didn't draw all of it like i get that that's that's common in comics too but it's weird that like i feel like this is the only episode in the entire show where that happens with such regularity yeah lots of weird eye stuff happening yeah i don't know yeah very strange (sighs) very very strange um but anyway yeah the fbi shows up (laughs) (laughs) agent ford uh basically produces produces a note it's a ransom note doc ock in his uh you know in kidnapping felicia basically says like i'm holding her ransom this is my hostage and you gotta pay me and uh, and then i'll give her back which at first is sort of like well that's kind of that's kind of lame doc ock like you're a genius (laughs) like you got something better than that right but mrs hardy anastasia hardy reveals if it's if it's dr otto octavius it actually makes a lot of sense because there's funding and and money and stuff involved in the slight so not that weird that he's asking for money right peter also has a little like memory flashback of this too when he hears who it is that's when we find out that he did actually know dr octavius when he was a kid when he was a kid uncle ben which First appearance of Uncle Ben kind of underplayed, which is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just... Underreported story there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just kind of there. But uh, Uncle Ben took him to a science camp when he was when he was a little kid. Um, and it was run by Dr. Octavius. Um, and there's a it's a cute little round face Peter is trying to mess around with experiments. <laughs> Blows up in his face. Um, the old Parker mm-hmm. Luck. Everybody's laughing at him. He's a big nerd. Um, and Dr. Octavius like supports him. He tells him a quote that like is obviously meant to be uplifting when he was a kid, but then like in the context of who Doc Ock is later it's kind of kind of creepy and it kind of like explains his whole mentality he says yeah (laughs) their laughter is meaningless science is the important thing it justifies all that we do in its service it's a really weird quote and it feels like a really weird thing to say to like an eight-year-old and he's so inspired by it too he's just like oh yeah okay (laughs) I just 
Ah, uh, it's weird. <laughs> it, is. it really is. It's very strange. I had to listen to it like three times because I was like, did I even hear that right? <laughs> yeah, is it so? I mean, like, again, it makes sense in that, like, it basically explains his entire ethos, right? It's just yeah. like the context of it is kind of odd. And mm-hmm. it's not a very, like, it's not a, it doesn't even really make sense for, like, that situation. Like, even if it's not inspiring, like, it also doesn't make sense as a reply to, like, Peter accidentally, like, ruining his explosion. Like, he wasn't trying to blow something up, and then the kids, like, made fun of him for, like, a <laughs> stupid experiment. Like, that yeah. was an accident. He wasn't trying to blow stuff up. Yeah, it definitely, uh, it serves the purpose of informing Doc Ock's character, but, the like, if you think about it too much in the actual context of when he said it, it's very weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, very strange. And that's our job like, to think about it. trying is the important thing, right? <laughs> right. Like, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh. Mm, all right yeah anyway <laughs> yeah so we find out that that doc ock has brought felicia hardy to a warehouse hideout which is uh you know a good place to have a hideout and he reveals his own origin story which we sort of got a little taste of with uh, anastasia hardy but this is where it really gets laid out um we we learn that doc ock was creating a nuclear battery um, but he was ridiculed by colleagues and, and fellow scientists because they didn't think that a cold fusion reaction would work um, for a battery. This is actually very similar to what we end up seeing in the Spider-Man 2 movie where he's trying to create like a an infinite energy source or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is like a toned down version of that kind of. Or maybe that's a toned up version of this, whatever. But uh, he approaches the Hardy Foundation to fund his research and they say yes initially but are unsatisfied with the time that it's taking so they pull his funding um, and that's when his accident actually happens because he doesn't have the funding required to keep top of the line equipment protect himself from accidents stuff like that so that's kind of where he ends up with this burning hatred um, for the Hardy Foundation and why he feels like he's been personally slighted and is demanding some sort of I guess reparation for this yeah a couple of things about this when he's explaining this to felicia he has a line uh where he says an octopus by any other name would still be as deadly which is weird uh Uh, but i love it i love it so much i want to like tattoo that on my face it's Um, like so good (laughs) how much how much would you have to be paid to actually do that for real (laughs) on my face oh man a lot i would tattoo it on my body if someone dared me Uh, I would get an octopus tattoo. I got a jellyfish. Like, yeah. I'll just put them on either arm, you know? Oh, that, actually, I like that. That's a nice little, like, representation. Yeah. Like, literal. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I do like, in his backstory, it's very visual. Like, they don't they don't make any kind of big deal of his, of his mechanical arms. You just kind of accept, like, oh, these are the tools that he uses. Like, he's not mm-hmm. like, I had these state-of-the-art, unbreakable mechanical tentacles. Like, he talks about it later when he's boasting, but it wouldn't make sense for him to call attention to it here it's just kind of part of the backstory i thought that was kind of a smart efficient use of the of the uh, storytelling yeah they don't over explain it because you don't need to over explain doc ock right (laughs) he's a scary guy with mechanical arms (laughs) so after that this is this is weird so j jonah jameson Editor-in-chief of a newspaper also has a news station called J3 Communications. Does this come back? I think it does. I think because I (laughs) feel like I remember other points when he's like randomly hosting a TV show. And it's like, how do you have time to do this? You're the editor-in-chief of a newspaper. You micromanage a lot on that newspaper, as we've seen. Mm -hmm. How do you have time to literally... like? 
you have people have jobs as news anchors that anyway yeah, comic book show know. doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> and, why would we have a podcast if we didn't bring it up you know to be fair yeah true and and i will say it's it's nice that he's in this position because it gets him to be in this position to like get mad and lose his temper at doc Ock. And that's yes fun. that's very fun yes. Basically, he's on this show to like send a message out to Doc Ock that he's ready to meet his demands. Ock does call him. They have the phone call on air. I like the little bit uh, that like Ock wants him to continue the broadcast because he's like, yeah. I want the whole world to know. Like, oh no, I'm I'm doing this so everybody everybody can know what happened to me. Everybody can know my genius. Yep. I love that. That's so quintessential, Doc Ock. Yeah, I like that too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as as usual with JJ. Um, he loses his temper during the call. They get into an insult match, um, and that prompts Doc Ock to command JJ to bring the money himself alone. This feels so right with Jameson. Yes. You know, like, no one's going to tell him he can't be on this broadcast, but no one thinks it's the best idea. Right. Oh, yeah, no, that's so <laughs> true. Yeah, because you have, you have Anastasia, you have Robbie and Peter. They're all like, this is going to go badly. And it yeah. does. <laughs> My favorite is if you if you pause at the right moment, you can see the camera guy look horrified <laughs> by Jameson when he starts, like, going off. Like, he just, you can see it. He's just like, oh god, <laughs> should I should I stop? <laughs> oh man, oh that's so great. It's so good. He's even like, I mean, he's going full on. He, he even sounds like kind of like the Alex Jonesy podcast, Jameson from the game. He's like, <laughs> you're a symbol yes. of everything wrong with this country. Yes, <laughs> you six armed yep. squid. <laughs> oh, I know that's so good. <laughs> I love I love Jameson so Doc much. Doc Ock gets called six armed multiple times in this episode. I yeah. just want to like point that out. <laughs> yeah i mean it's true it's just like weird <laughs> it seems like a strange thing to focus on like yeah. six arms <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i don't know like the other two arms seem very insignificant at this point <laughs> right <laughs> i don't know well unsurprisingly spider-man follows jonah to the hideout where also unsurprisingly doc ock refuses to let felicia go um and nearly kills Jameson in the process. Uh, Spidey barges in to save them, but unlike other circumstances where Spidey sort of like uses information to his advantage, he actually fails in helping. Doc Ock beats the crap out of him and throws him out a window. Uh, I love it. I mean, I don't love like seeing him beat up, but I love, I I love like how (laughs) formidable he is. And that's, I mean, and that's like right out of the, right out of the, his original comic appearance too. Like Peter loses badly because Doc Ock's good. He's a bad ass and he's smart like you have to you have to use your brains yes and i just i really like that we can't expect spider-man to win every time just because he happens to have the right information Mm -hmm. like i like that aspect of that a lot yeah and 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 then people are like pissed at him afterwards because they're like what are you even doing here like there was a plan you can't just barge in yeah and they have a good point oh real quick in the doc ock scene two things that i liked i love the shot of jj like in his reflection in ox sunglasses when he's like looking towards him that was awesome and first time spider-man calls him pickle puss pickle (laughs) puss favorite nickname (laughs) i'd also like to point out because i haven't yet Mm -hmm. that this is something i wouldn't have noticed until i was an adult because the comparison i'm gonna make couldn't have existed yet Mm -hmm. but doc ox 90s animated outfit looks so much like the version two bat in the sun green ranger costume where it has like the piping down the sides and it has like the gold like uh like chest shield 
hmm. and stuff. It's very, very strange and very distracting. And like, he also has the sort of like uh, weird, sort of like superhero slash villain suit, like fake abs on his suit, yeah. which obviously the the version two Green Ranger suit also has. Uh, when this episode comes out, I will tweet a side by side. I it, okay. I, I'm not I'm not reaching here. Like this is yeah. you will not be able to unsee it. <laughs> interesting. That's so interesting. His his yes. whole his whole outfit's very weird because he doesn't really like I, I wish they'd at least have like some kind of throw throwaway of being like it was I don't know, some special special technology that he protective like stuff that he wore. But it's just like why like it just it's it, that's the one thing that seems a little bit like out of character to me that he just like gets green and yellow body armor. I don't know. Yes. Kinda weird. I don't like I don't like Doc Ock in armor. I like Doc Ock in the sort of like cocky mentality that because he has the arms, he doesn't need protection. Right. Doc Ock with like Doc Ock in trench coat is like one of my favorites because it's just sort of like I'm hiding my arms and I don't need anything else. Mm -hmm. Doc Ock in sort of like jumpsuit, that's also totally fine. Mm -hmm. But yeah, armor Doc Ock is a really bizarre, really bizarre look for me. I don't, I don't love it. And it is, I mean, I, I appreciate that they... Like, okay, they made him have, like, a sculpted body, basically, which I don't love, I don't like, but they at least still give him, like, a dopey haircut, so he still doesn't look like a totally super, like, suave guy, you know? Like, I feel like you still get that idea (laughs) of, like, uh, he's still kind of just a dopey scientist in a way. Right, he's not supposed (laughs) to be hot in this series, it's just impossible for them to draw anybody without, like, a rockin' bod. Yeah oh man peter himself <laughs> seems to look maybe it's just maybe it was just me but he peter himself seemed to look like extra thick in this episode too. <laughs> like his torso and his shoulders are so huge like they always it's that are. polo man yeah yeah i guess the baggy polo that 90s bagginess <laughs> and those horizontal stripes you know they're just really broadening out his torso that's true <laughs> that polo is so ugly i hate it oh really i love the i love the colors of it but yeah it's not a, i'm glad they changed his design I, I love that he's wearing it. I just hate the polo in a vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs> like, like, it's perfect. It's just also awful. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so yeah, so people are losing faith in Spider-Man. Robbie just is like, drop of a hat. He's just like, Ooh. oh, man, maybe I shouldn't have trusted you. Like, damn, boy. Yeah, I like that That Spidey's like, wow, coming from Robbie, that's rough. Yeah, it is It is funny how quickly he goes from, oh, man, that hurts so bad, to, no, wait, no, don't pity yourself. Oh, I have a new plan. It's like 10 seconds, and he's over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? That's a 20-minute episode for you. If this, <laughs> yeah. were, if this were a movie or a comic, this would be like the spider-man no more moment exactly so anyway but he, oh well that's the conclusion he has come 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 to though um because they're all down on him he figures out like well maybe spider-man can't can't help him but peter parker probably can so that's when he ends up kind of enacting his final plan actually which um he goes to daily bugle he goes to the daily bugle uh where the fbi agent and uh, miss hardy are doc Ock calls them again asking for the ransom money again Peter basically convinces them to let him talk to Doc Ock um, as Peter Parker, as his student. And they let him. I like the, I like a lot of the tension in the scene. It's a really like well-constructed scene, I feel like. You know what I really love about this scene? What? 
which is far less intelligent analysis. Yeah. I love that in the previous scene, Anastasia Hardy was like, just like venomous towards Uh Spider-Man. And then she's the one who's like, wait, everybody, let's hear him out in this scene. (laughs) Oh, that's so true. (laughs) It's so funny to me. Yeah. But there is a lot of tension because there's so many, there's so many heads in the room Mm -hmm. and they're kind of panicking. Like Mm -hmm. this, this episode actually could have been been sort of a i don't know how how to put this into the into words but like the pacing of this episode almost makes you forget how much is at stake for the characters like if you look at how the characters react to things in this episode they're clearly like panicked and frantic and like losing hope fast and they're disagreeing on what the best method is Mm -hmm. and and that's all like really real in in the universe that they're in so they do that really really well it just goes by so fast yeah and which is some of it ends up lost probably a common thing with this show it's like that's really good but it was very fast (laughs) yeah yeah but they i mean you're right there is a lot of tension there because of this sort of like we've tried this and this and this so like now now what do we do (laughs) you know well in the whole the whole sequence with peter on the phone with ak and they're listening i love like the facial expressions that peter gives them like uh, yeah that, that he gives them as he's talking to and as he's trying to kind of play along coyly like it's something that doesn't really feel like a spider-man thing or a superhero thing yeah and i think they do it really well i mean it, it does feel kind of like a cl- crime drama kind of a deal which obviously is intentional but it's it's fun when you see those kinds of different genres crossing over into something like this you know yeah the phone call's really good it really is i like the phone call a lot yeah yeah <laughs> i love my favorite part is when you know like peter's whole thing is like i'm gonna appeal to doc ock and this this works the way that it does because in this episode and this version of the doc ock story there's a thread of a connection there you know mm-hmm. not like a tight strong rope of a connection so peter remembers doc ock but otto octavius doesn't really remember peter so peter has to like prove like no seriously like i admire you like i I know who you are and like you matter to me. And so Doc Ock like tests him on the phone. And I love that so much because it's like the brains thing again. Yeah, it's it's really good. It's just I, I love I love how this show uses uses Peter's brains like as such mm-hmm. a such an important part of, of the formula of it, you know? Yeah, it's they it's fight with their really fists well. and then they fight with their brains. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean really, really this is this is gonna sound dumb, but like this is like Peter's episode, you know? Like we don't I feel like there's a lot of Peter Parker stuff that happens in this one. Uh, like the ratio of Peter Parker to Spider-Man, I should say, it's a lot higher in Peter's favor more than I think we typically w- would see. And it's used really, and it's just, it's just used really well. Yeah. Uh, Ak does basically give instructions for Peter to deliver the money. Uh, they go to an abandoned rocket assembly plant with working rocket assembly parts. <laughs> Which, you know, just another warehouse. It's like, it's like the Power Rangers quarry thing all over again. It's like, yeah let's just let's just go with a warehouse like we only need like two different colors it's all straight lines <laughs> like it's fine they're fighting it even it threw me <laughs> off because the the set design looks exactly the same as the last warehouse he was in yes so I was like when i when i, I double took for sure yeah well and when i finished the episode i was like wait why did he need to wait for a call why couldn't he just go back to where he was because he knew where the hideout was and then yeah. it like, took the second viewing to be like oh that's right he left this is a separate warehouse that they didn't know <laughs> yeah, totally different warehouse, guys. <laughs> like, they're even, Felicia is even, like, tied up in the exact same way, in the exact same spot. <laughs> <laughs> like, he just brought the whole thing with him. <laughs> 
which by the way conjures a really amazing image one of my favorite things about doc ock that's totally ridiculous is that he somehow can walk on two of his tentacles and does it frequently (laughs) that makes no sense those tentacles have like the most impressive gyroscopics ever (laughs) especially because so many versions of doc ock is like sort of like chubby or like dad bod like he's not like a svelte guy most of the time yeah, man. <laughs> i love it yeah so peter goes there and one of the other things that he that he did to convince oct to let him go in the first place was like showing interest in his cold fusion battery so essentially what their deal is is peter gives him the money in exchange for not only the hostages but also to see the cold fusion reactor because peeling to otto's ego totally makes sense um he does yes very good move very good move yeah and I love how when he does get there, like, Ak is just, like, super duper, like, giddy and excited about his experiment. He's just, like, Peter's like, hey, why don't you let your hostages go? And he's like, oh, no, they're fine. I want to show you this. Isn't this the coolest thing you've ever seen in your life? Like, it's so Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's the perfect word. Doc Ock showing off his toys is adorable. Yes. It's so <laughs> He cares so much about his science. He's so nice. He just wants to science everyone. Yeah, just let him science. Just give Please. him all the money he wants and everything will be fine no science honestly he wouldn't break anything or anyone if you just let him science that's true that's true (laughs) and then when he wants to talk to you about his science just sit patiently and listen and let him talk to you that's cool it's cool it'd be fine (laughs) Uh, we've solved it we've solved the problem (laughs) well peter parker doesn't figure that out unfortunately (laughs) fact yep so um, when Peter is kind of being, you know, trying to get, get him to let the hostages go, Ock throws him out the window. More window throwing. <laughs> more window throwing. <laughs> oh, the, when he, then it happens, more evidence of, like, this version of JJ, for some reason, not really liking Peter Parker. He's like, oh, even Parker didn't deserve that. Like, it's weird, right? That he doesn't, because we mentioned that in the first episode, that he seemed to not yeah. really be fond of him. And it just doesn't, that strikes me as kind of odd. Well, okay, true or false, Felicia and Jameson think Peter just died. True. Or at least, or <laughs> so at least maybe horribly injured. that's it? I, I don't know. Like, it still seems very, very strange to me. Yeah. Like, that thinking that he probably just died or something, like, this is my opportunity to take a jab. Because we, we talked about how our favorite Jameson is the one that is constantly a pain in Peter's ass, but also is protective of, of Peter Parker. Right. This is not that Jameson. Yeah. He... So, yeah, it is really, really strange. Yeah. Like, you just killed that guy, and I'm going to insult him, yeah. but also insult you only a little bit. Right. <laughs> exactly. It's very strange. That is also the scene backing up a little bit. I forgot about this. Also the line where, where um, Ak is talking about his tentacles and just how great they are and everything. And Felicia's like, ooh, it re- reminds me of Flash Thompson. All hands. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I screamed. <laughs> I screamed. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> yes. I like it. I love, uh, I love, like, I love underhanded innuendos. It's not even an innuendo. It's, like, very straightforward. <laughs> yeah, there, no, in, no innuendo there. That was, like, a Yas Queen moment before Yas Queen was, yeah. like, a mainstream thing. <laughs> like a girl? Girl! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Felicia. I love it. Yeah, I like her a lot. I like, um, the more I'm watching this, I didn't really have any, like, 
any opinions about her, I feel like, originally when I when I first watched it. I like her a lot the more that we're watching the show now. Felicia, I think, is a character I appreciate so much more as an adult than yeah. I ever would have as a, as a kid. I think so, too. I don't have strong memories of being annoyed by Felicia Hardy, but I, I would guess that as a kid, I probably didn't like Felicia very much. Yeah, I don't, I feel like I was probably ambivalent towards her. It was just, I mean, but I think, you know, as a kid, you're just interested in all like the crazy action and stuff. You know, you're not yeah. really that interested in, and if it's not, a, you know, but now it's kind of. She's and the really, mechanical arms. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. But no, she's a really, she's a really like sharp, like quick witted. Like I love like her strength and everything. She's cool. I like her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, so Peter got tossed out of a window like you do. Um, that gives of course. Him, <laughs> that gives him the opportunity to get very quickly changed and swing right back in as Spider-Man without anyone being the wiser. Um, <laughs> and uh, No one could ever know. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, fight sequence happens. I love the... I really like the action animation in this episode. There's, I do, too. Yeah, it's really well done. There's some issues with, like, facial animations and stuff in this one. But yeah. for the most part, it's, 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 it's really good. It's, like, kind of the best that we've seen since, uh, since Night of the Lizard, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there, there's some really good stuff going on in here, especially because when we watched Night of the Lizard, I remember you sort of giving the warning of like, it probably won't be this good again. So I was like, glad that some of it was was good. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> this is where it gets very weird, I think. Like, yeah. <laughs> even in the context of a of a Dr. Octopus character, because they've they found themselves in this abandoned rocket assembly plant. <laughs> um, and then that abandoned—it's abandoned, right? They they, they called they it an abandoned rocket assembly plant specifically, yeah. But the rock there is a functional rocket that poses a great threat throughout the last however many minutes of this this episode because in their fight like that rocket ends up being the main sort of like i don't know spider-man always has a choice right Mm -hmm. and then like a lot of the time it's like oh but i'll i'll outwit your choice and then sometimes it ends in like gwen stacy dying (laughs) um in this one like it's presented as the like oh no what are you gonna do are you gonna stop me you're gonna save your friends well guess what he's saving his friends from a rocket (laughs) (laughs) which i just can't get over it (laughs) and i should also add too it's jameson who explains what's going to happen when the rocket activates like he gives the exposition (laughs) of when that rocket gets over here it's gonna fire and it's gonna burst to a crisp like how do you did ak like explain to him how all of these like things work that have nothing to do with his science project like to jameson because he knows a lot more about rocket engine testing than i feel like he should know well i will say this I agree that it makes no sense at first, but Jameson is the father of an astronaut and a reporter. That's a good point. So I wouldn't be surprised if he were like pretty well informed, but his character doesn't seem like somebody who would give half a shit about like rocket engineering. Yeah. So like my brain says like, yeah, maybe he would know this, but like everything I've ever known about J. Jonah Jameson (laughs) says like, what are you talking about? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you know, like where did you just come from, Jameson? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is weird. I mean, and I guess maybe that combined with like he does see like this enginey looking thing coming towards them. So I guess he could have put two and two together. <laughs> Even then, it's just it's it's a stretch. <laughs> it's the whole the whole thing is a stretch, right? So like in this fight, Spider Man accidentally, right? Like. <laughs> knocks a button or something that sets off the rocket testing thing (laughs) was this place closed down because like they didn't have proper safety precautions because you can just push one button and make that happen (laughs) 
Who tests a rocket inside of a building? In Manhattan. <laughs> I yes. We didn't I completely forgot about that. <laughs> but he hits this button and so this rocket starts like getting ready to fire off and also is like moving on a conveyor belt somehow towards Felicia and Jameson. Yeah. So that's a thing that's happening. It's a great like cool set piece in terms of just upping the stakes and having crazy stuff going on (laughs) yes but i mean how like it's one of those things where it's sort of like you're writing the episode how do you i can't how did they get there how did you yeah how did you get there (laughs) (laughs) did someone pitch like before the episode was even out like we should have an episode where the climax takes place in a in a a rocket testing site people are gonna get crisped (laughs) by rockets and they had to just like work backwards from there (laughs) i will say this episode is impressive in that this is really the only thing that we've taken like strong issue with yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i'm okay with it it's just so strange especially because in like sort of the most dangerous moment this rocket is maybe three whole feet away from jameson and felicia and somehow isn't melting their skin off right (laughs) right it's so it's so weird so weird weird. i mean look we don't expect like great science from these shows it's just like they almost like (laughs) wrote tried to write the most like ridiculous unscientific thing possible which is hilarious in an episode where characters are constantly talking about how much they love science (laughs) in this very scene Peter is basically giving like a mini science lesson in his inner monologue about like what a dynamo is and how electromagnets work, which. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's right. I like, I'm so focused on the rocket. I'm completely forgetting about like all of that. Yeah. (laughs) And he goes like, deep in it like i would if you just said dynamo i would just been like okay science words i didn't really know uh, what a dynamo was until he explained what it was you know we accepted neogenic recombinator with like no trouble <laughs> right <laughs> right it's fun like again it's like were you writing it with the intention of thinking like this will be educational for ch- for children like did the network ask for that to be put in there or it's just it's, i don't know it's all very strange i love it but it's very strange and i'm no sense. i'm gonna choose to believe Believe that it is the way you said it was which is somebody somewhere was like i just really want an episode where there's like a rocket <laughs> like, yeah. that that i can fully accept and i'm on board with <laughs> <laughs> that works for me yeah it makes the most sense <laughs> anyway let's 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 <laughs> i've gotten us completely off the rails <laughs> we're so close to the end of no. of this this uh this episode <laughs> Oh boy. Okay. So anyway, all that's going on. Um, the way that Spider-Man ultimately defeats Doc Ock is using his ego against him. Yes. Um, his a piece of his cold fusion battery, the piece that looks like the Death Star for some reason. It really does. It looks exactly like it. It's weird. <laughs> um, basically, mm-hmm. he's like, well, I guess setting it up. Doc Ock is between him and and Felicia and Jameson, and and there's no way to shut off the dynamo or shut on the dynamo or whatever without stopping the rocket. I don't know, something like that. Of course. <laughs> but anyway. He ultimately uses a piece of um, Ox invention and, like, throws it. Ox not going to want it to shatter because he's obsessed with the science and his life's work. So he catches it um, while he's distracted. Spider-Man turns on the dynamo magnet whatever nogger thing, <laughs> and which uh, the magnet, of course, pulls up uh, Doc Ock's tentacles, and he's stuck up there. He also grunts and screams, like, really gross. Like, did you, know, you notice his, like, grunt when he's going up there? It's like, yeah. or whatever. It's very strange. It's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> noises i don't enjoy yeah 
But yeah, so he's stuck up there leaving room for Spidey to swoop in and save Felicia and Jameson just as the rocket goes off. I love that he's like carrying jo- Jameson by his leg. That's pretty cute. <laughs> yes. Only carry Jameson in the most humiliating ways. <laughs> yes, That's how it has to go. Ed Asner has such a great scream, too. It's it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's basically it. Right after that, that's uh, Felicia runs out um, and Spidey goes like goes out the window to very quickly get under rubble and change back into his Peter Parker clothes. No one asks any questions where Spider-Man went, I guess. They're just like, I guess he left. Cool. Yeah, of um, course not. <laughs> and so he, uh, so Felicia goes to see if he's okay. And she's okay. So she's just been held hostage for like 24 hours, right? Maybe 48 yes. hours, something like that. She's nearly been like burned to a crisp, was right near fire, right near death, almost died. <laughs> She is still so horny for Peter in this moment right now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, for for quite a while, thought you were not going to read the sentence that you wrote, but you got there. <laughs> oh, I had to. I had to. She is. I mean, they're like immediately <laughs> flirting. She just, she thought he was dead, is so relieved that he's alive. And they're like, what, another date tonight? And she's like immediately flirting with him, like coyly flirting oh, with yeah. him in that Felicia way. I mean, I like that she's like, oh, I don't normally you know, get taken as a hostage during my date. It's cool. It's just like, but you did almost just die. Like, I mean, maybe Niall's not, a, not the right time to go dive into these things, but yeah, again, things move very quickly on this show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Including their relationship. Apparently. <laughs> uh, I guess the only other thing that really happens in the episode is, Oh, I don't know what would normally be like a post credit scenes in the, the <laughs> post MCU era. <laughs> Cause we see Doc Ock in prison which is a pretty cool setup. He's got like, because they can't take his tentacles off. I'm always really interested in the way that they choose to imprison Doc Ock mm-hmm. or, or any supervillain who's sort of like, you know, got abilities or whatever, but he's got like his tentacles all totally outstretched and like, for lack of a better term, like cuffed mm-hmm. to the, the walls of his cell. So he's just sort of like in the middle and can't, can't move or really go anywhere. It's kind of a cool setup. It is cool. Um, but, you know, swears his revenge on Spider-Man, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where it all begins. Yeah. This episode just or kinda, ends, I guess. Yeah. It just kind of <laughs> stops, doesn't it? Like, this is a very packed episode. Yeah. I'll get you, Spider-Man. <laughs> yes, it's great. This is a, this is a good one. What, what are your overall overall thoughts on this one? My overall thoughts are, are are good. I it was funny because you know the when I watched it the first time because I always watch it a couple times before we talk about it just in case. After I watched it the first time, I was like, I'm not going to be able to summarize my thoughts because it's a Doc Ock episode, so I'm just going to be like, I love it. <laughs> um, but I do actually really like this one. I I don't know that it is. Um, uh, I don't know that I'd put it as my favorite of the ones we've watched so far, but it is definitely it's definitely nowhere near the bottom. I guess we've only watched four, so it couldn't really be that close to the bottom when the <laughs> Spider Slayer episodes exist but um probably my uh i don't know i don't know i really really do like it though yeah it's very straightforward it's it's very doc ock heavy it's very peter heavy um and uh the absurdity is at sort of a minimum and even that doesn't get in the way of what's happening like the second spider slayers episode there was some buffoonery happening in that that just like got in the way of anything that made sense the buffoonery in this one doesn't doesn't get in the way. It's just sort of like, why do you have a rocket? Okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it almost makes it a little more fun, right? Because yeah. it's it's like mild. Yeah, and it's almost like the end climax is almost like so incoherent anyway that it doesn't really matter. <laughs> 
it's very like Bond supervillain. It really is. <laughs> like I'm gonna not that he plans on this, but it ends up being that way. It's like I'm gonna fry my hostages with a rocket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is interesting about this episode is that it doesn't. I, I think it it sort of stands out from the ones that we've watched so far is that it doesn't feel very like spider-man-y in a way like there have been plenty of spider-man stories that follow the similar formula but you have like like the ransom aspect and like the the phone call fbi aspect and then you have like the bond villain ending like it's very it's definitely it, it almost feels like this early in the show it feels like they're kind of dipping their toes into trying out like what they can and can't do within the scope yeah. of the show and still make it feel right you know yeah it's almost like it's almost like they, they're putting out their first album and then once they find out what songs people liked they're gonna hone in on that yeah right right <laughs> <laughs> this is a song that i like everybody yeah by the way <laughs> <laughs> this and the lizard yeah yeah definitely yeah no i dig it too i think again i like i really like a lot of the animation in it um minus the weird eye stuff eyes eyes are just so weird in this episode and it's i just thought about this but like it's funny too there's weird eye stuff going on in an episode with doc ock who wears sunglasses like all the time constantly yeah and this episode doesn't really explain why like i know some iterations it's like oh you know he's the explosion made his eyes sensitive to light or whatever this one he's just doing it because why not you know i'll wear body armor and sunglasses whatever can we reflect for just a moment on the teeny tiny like nose bridge sunglasses that alfred molina wears <laughs> in spider-man 2 oh, oh, <laughs> that he takes off with his like claws <laughs> oh, i love it so much it's so good <laughs> uh, that is a perfect like design update where it's like we gotta have the sunglasses but we don't want to have the weird sort of like sunglass visor thing right <laughs> anyway so good oh, Doc Ock. happy valentine's day Doc Ock. oh happy <laughs> valentine's day everyone <laughs> they're gonna be listening to this in like what like march or something so <laughs> i know right you're welcome for your favorite episode of this podcast everyone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, we already established that our face of the episode is uh, is is Agent Ford, right? Yes. Are we locking that one in? Yeah, let's lock that one in. We'll post it's that gotta on, be. on social media. It's just, <laughs> dude, what are you doing? I don't think he ever uh, appears again either, so he's just this weird, like, blind, eyes closed enigma. <laughs> he makes such an impression in this episode. It's amazing he, he never does. comes back. He does. What are you? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, I can't believe we didn't profile him in our important characters introduced section. What were we, th- what were we thinking? <laughs> uh, oh boy! Well, whoo! Yeah, this was something. <laughs> this was this was a whole lot of something. <laughs> uh, well, if you want more of that, you can certainly find us talking about all things Doc Ock and Spider-Man and all kinds of stuff all over the internet where where can people find you for more doc ock thoughts and reflections you can find me on the twitter uh that is at Derek b gale you can also find me on the youtube under second chance is the name of my video essay show um where i look at thing media that are deemed bad and divisive and not great but look at them with a positive lens things like spider-man 3 good old spider-man 3 yeah what about you uh you can find me most of the time on twitter at icky Booley. by the time this airs i will be in the thick of a new survivor season Ooh. so uh hopefully hopefully uh you can you can all endure 
some Survivor stuff. But as we approach this episode's release, I'm sure the Doc Ock content will skyrocket. Um, So look forward. Uh, And then also, if you are into Pokemon or Pokemon-adjacent things, or just into my beautiful voice, um, you can find me over on the Victory Road podcast. It's a Pokemon podcast on our lovely Four-Eyed Radio network. And we've always got something coming out, either commentary or movie reviews or game news or whatever the Pokemon world is up to. Awesome. Well, you can follow us, Walloping Web Snappers, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. All of them are under at Walloping Web Pod. Or you can email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. All that information is going to be on our show notes. You can also support us on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash wallopingwebsnappers for some amazing perks. Join us next time, guys, and we will be talking about Mysterio, Scorpion, and Craven. It's going to be a big one. All three of them. All three of them. Bye. Bye. Oh, that's going to be so fun to go back and listen to. <laughs> uh.